And that's one of the things about religion that we have to remember when we're talking about that makes it such a, a hot topic issue is because we're talking about law. Who gets to be God? Who gets to be God's deputies? Who is the most high? Who is the divine authority? It's all about the claim to the most high. The only way that somebody can be higher than us is if we give away our power. Because there's nobody, we're all equal. But we're not equal in our knowledge, so ultimately, I think it does have to be a hierarchy, but it has to be a cooperative hierarchy, like a bee colony. We have to, it's about what our value system is, what we care about. Hello and welcome, one and all, to episode five of the Cubbyhole Podcast, where important topics are unveiled, discussed, and tested. I am your host, Brandon Martin. Today is Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. Don't forget to check out our website, cubbyhole.com. That's C-U-B-B-Y-W-H-O-L-E.com. You can find all of our previous and future content on that website. All of the updates for the upcoming seed conference will also be there. I currently am in the process of getting the contract together for the location and the transference of the insurance for that location. So I should have more information and updates coming very soon. But as far as the most recent update, we have decided a date due to the overbooking that has taken place at the location I have chosen and due to having a limited option of locations to choose from, I have decided to go ahead and book with them again at the Baker University in Athens, Ohio for May 14th and 15th of 2021. With that being said, I would like to get right into the topics for this episode. So the last podcast we left off with talking about the functionality the functionalities of consciousness in correlation with cymatics. Now that topic I would like to reopen in a future episode. But today we are going to move over to connect the seven liberal arts that we spoke about earlier on to problem-solving methodologies and teachability, which I feel is extremely crucial for the overall benefits of how to utilize the trivium in one's own daily life. I mean, I see so many people today that have no ability, just the complete lack of the ability to problem-solve. I actually had a conversation with my father's girlfriend the other day about some issues we were having with the internet and her router. And it literally took me like five minutes to figure the problem out. And they have been dealing with this for weeks. And I told them, I said, if you were capable of problem solving more accurately, 
then you probably would have been able to deduce the issue with the modem. And the issue was simply that the modem was an older, or correction, it was a router. The router was an older device and needed its firmware to be updated. So all they had to do is log into the router and then update the firmware. It was as simple as that. And then their router was working. My main point here is that the lack of being able to deduce the problem and find a solution has to do with the lack of critical thinking and also the lack of technological skills that are required for pretty much doing most of what you're going to be doing in today's age. People need to have the technical skills to be able to utilize the devices that they have. And most people are far behind with understanding how these devices work. See, when I was growing up, I grew up in a rural area for the most part. Um, and I started working with computers early, early on. I didn't have a lot of access to information or the internet or people to be able to teach me how to problem solve. So what I did was I enhanced my ability, my skills, through trial and error to actually figure out what was going on. So anytime I had an issue with my computer, I had to break it down, whether it was a software issue or hardware issue, and I would have to figure it out myself. Now that helped me train my mind to be able to problem solve, being able to actually go through things and break it down into its finer components and then build it back up and you know reasonably find the issue track down the issue that is causing the computer to not function now this is something that i i think i had a um natural curiosity about things and about like how they worked because i never wanted to use instructions and I never liked directions when it comes to things. I also would take my like transformers, my action figures, and instead of just playing with them like most kids would do, and I'm not saying that other kids don't do this, obviously they do, but what I would do is I wanted to know what made them work. I would break them down and then try to put them back together. So I would take them apart as much as possible to try to come to an understanding of how this transformer actually operated. And then I wanted to see if I could put it back together if I had broken it down into all of its pieces. Now this kind of mindset really helps a person be able to enhance their ability to problem solve. So like looking at something and being able to imagine it taken apart and then being able to imagine how those pieces fit back together. This is all about pattern recognition. You know, this is about consciousness when it comes down to it, because that's, you know, what we're doing constantly. We're pattern recognizing, like we talked about in the earlier episodes. So this was a, a skill that I had fine-tuned pretty early on. Now, I'm not an expert in it, but I have enough that I am completely capable of 
going through any of my devices or any of my tools and breaking them down and being able to look for the problem and solve it. So I'd say I reach about an 85 to like 95% of the time I can actually solve the issue with the things that I actually have on hand. Now take that simple issue of the lack of critical thinking and the inability to problem solve and multiply that by the multitude of people in this world. And we now see what kind of condition we are living in. We are living in an age of absolute ignorance. Because it's not like these people are incapable of learning how to do these things. That's something we're going to talk about. Teachability. And how the ego gets in the way of individuals who are wanting to have something in manifestation and how their ego prevents them from gaining that condition or manifesting that condition into reality. Now, I'm specifically talking about the negative attributes of the ego, which that's a whole nother topic to get into. But to simply explain, there are positive attributes of the ego and negative attributes of the ego. And the negative attributes are that which contracts our ability to gain or manifest what we say we want. Or we could say that it is a person's inability to say the most powerful words that one could say to themselves, which is, I was wrong. And from this position in consciousness, then make a shift to find out how to reconcile that issue by problem solving. We know there's a problem. Now we must find the solution to that. So how do I change myself so that I align to the solution and to the higher level state of consciousness so that I may create a different outcome? So I believe it was Einstein who said, no problem can be solved by the same level of consciousness that created that problem. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about raising consciousness above the level of consciousness that created the problem. So the three main steps of problem solving are very simple. One, we must become conscious that there is a problem. To do this, we must conquer our fear of the negative or the fear of not being able to solve the problem. We have to get out of denial. We have to admit to ourselves and be honest to ourselves that there is a problem taking place. So we have to get out of the fear-based denial of the problem in order to take the required steps to solve the problem. And the first step is to become conscious that there is a problem. And for that to happen, we must be honest and speak the truth. Two, we must come to the knowledge that the symptoms are just the effect of the underlying or root causes or cause. Therefore, 
we must realize that treating symptoms will never solve the problem. In order to do this, we must make an accurate and efficient diagnosis of the cause of the problem. So we have to be able to diagnose. And that word, and obviously you know we like to break down words here on the cubbyhole, that word diagnose simply means through way of knowledge. Dia means through way of, and gnosis is knowledge. So we have to become conscious that there is a problem. We have to get out of the fear about not being aware of the problem because we have this whole new age notion that by looking at a problem, by paying attention to a problem, you give power to it. Or also, in other words, by paying attention to that which is negative, something that already is, something that already is that which is, gives power to it, which is just complete crap. It's just hogwash. It's bunk. Just because you pay attention to the thing, the problem, doesn't mean that you're giving power to it. If there is a tornado coming towards your house and you want to accurately protect yourself and your family, then you need to pay attention to that tornado and know that it's coming so that you may steer away from the negative consequences that could come about by you not paying attention to that tornado. Does this mean obsessing over it and just sitting there staring at it? No. It means recognizing that that is what is coming, that tornado is heading towards your house, and you need to take steps in order to protect yourself. So that doesn't mean obsessing over that or constantly just gazing in a daze at the tornado. That would actually create more problems by doing that. And this is where people get confused when it comes to paying attention to the negative. Yes, you must become aware of it. And once you're aware of it, then you must take the next step, which is diagnosing the problem and finding the causality so that you may find a solution. Now on to the third and final step of problem solving. The implementation of a solution requires the knowledge acquired by an accurate diagnosis. We then must take the required action necessary to rectify the causal factor which has led to the manifested result of the problem. So we must become conscious, we must gather the knowledge, and then we must apply what we have come to understand about the nature of the problem. And within every problem lies the solution. So there is no problem that we are not capable of finding a solution for, especially problems that we have created. If there are any, they are very, there are very, very few of them. But I think one of the problems that people have is that they constantly are filtering. Actually, it's a quote from Travis Walton. And, and he says, I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perception of reality 
are compulsively filtered through the screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true. This goes back to that first step about fear. People would literally rather live in their illusion than to face the reality. And they will do the most absurd behaviors in order to avoid facing the negative. They literally will create more negative to avoid facing the negative which must be solved. Now on a future episode, it actually might be the next solo episode in the series, I would like to break down the false notion of positive and negative. Because there is a big schism with people when it comes to understanding the functionalities of the underlying polarities of energy that are positive and negative compared to the actual results in physical manifestation that are moral and immoral. But to get back on track here, we as a species say we want or need certain things. But since we do not already have the things that we say we want or need, then it follows reasonably that the knowledge of the requirements to obtaining those things that we say we want or need either must be absent or if it is present, that the knowledge is willfully being ignored. And as long as this knowledge continues to remain unknown or ignored, the manifestation of the desired conditions which we say we want or need will be impossible. We all claim that we want certain conditions, but how many of us are willing to actually do the due diligence into manifesting those conditions? I mean, I see people with such commitment issues nowadays. I mean, commitment issues to their own personal passions, let alone commitment issues to the greater task of ending slavery. We all say we want things as love, peace, health, freedom, the well-being for ourselves and other people. But yet, at the aggregate level, we continuously keep getting the opposite results. One reason for this is because we're not united in our task for meeting the specific requirements to manifest those conditions. And if those requirements are not met, then those conditions will never manifest. They can never manifest. It seems that most people don't recognize what tools they have at their disposal or they have not completely organized their tool set within their mind. But I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it was a nail. We have to have the correct tool for the task at hand. So we don't want to end up in the ocean with a shovel trying to dig a hole. One of the main issues that I've faced when trying to communicate the truth to individuals is that I notice they are either far too gullible and open-minded or far too stubborn 
and skeptical. This gets into the next topic, which is about teachability. So most people's teachability is at a very, very low level. If you do not have a clear ability of being taught, which is what teachability means, then you are very likely to have a hard time in this life and in the condition that we are living in. Because we do need to learn from others and from other experiences in this world. Yes, of course, we can be self taught and have our own ability to learn through individual trial and error and experiences, but also we cannot negate the other experiences that other people have here. If we do, we are putting ourselves at a disadvantage for our ability to steer away from harm and negative consequences in our own lives and our ability to teach other peoples how to steer away from those negative consequences in their lives. So what is teachability? Teachability is the ability to learn by way of personal experience and by way of being taught by somebody else's experience and knowledge of reality or of truth. The teachability of an individual is extremely dependent upon their open-mindedness or closed-mindedness to the information being provided. The low end of teachability is derived from an individual's arrogance and rigid skepticism, but also from naivete and gullibility. The high end of teachability is derived from a balance between a healthy form of skepticism, which is about asking questions, asking the most important question, which is why, to get to the causal factor, and a willingness to be open to new information that is provided. This is done for the purpose of internal and external change to take place, which leads to the expansion of consciousness so that the individual may come to understand themselves more accurately and the realm in which they operate in. So what I mean by this is our ability to learn is directly connected to the expansion of our consciousness and our understanding of ourselves and the realm in which the self operates in. If you just take a moment to imagine a bell curve model and you put arrogance on the complete left and naivete on the complete right, and both of these are in positions of low learning, and as you move to the middle of that bell curve, you find a balance between the teacher and the student. And the bulk of what you're going to learn is in that balance point of that bell curve. So you will learn the most by being at the peak of that bell curve. A person who is in this position will ask more questions, especially the right questions, but also they 
tend to try to take themselves out of their own perspective and see things from other people's points of view. So what they're doing is considering the view of others to check their own self and their own perception to see the accuracy of their view. A person who is in the negative attributes will only listen to respond or they will only listen to mock and ridicule, which goes along with responding. They have an egoic sense about the way they approach the conversation. They block and silence other people from speaking, meaning that they cut the conversation off even if what the other person is saying is true. Now, let's say there's a certain scenario where a person is constantly stalking an individual and that individual has said they don't want to talk anymore. Well, of course, you don't harass the individual, right? But when it comes to critical knowledge, when it comes to truth that pertains to the evolution of the species, they don't have the right to do that because they have to hear the truth. They need to know the truth for the benefit of the species. Because if their ignorance is what is leading to the manifestation of violence and suffering, then it's not their right to stay ignorant. They themselves are holding two oppositional points of view, which is known as cognitive dissonance or internal opposition. They often become very frustrated when they can't get other people to agree with them. Now, there is a form of healthy frustration when you are, let's say, the speaker of truth, and that person cannot get the other person to see. Of course, you're going to get frustrated with that, you know. But what I mean here is that they revert to ad hominems and logical fallacies because they're trying to convince somebody else of a illusion to make themselves look better because they just want to be right and also because they want to have control control over what other people think it's not about the benefit of the species it's about them gaining an upper position to be able to manipulate somebody else's consciousness but in truth, it has nothing to do with the personal ego identification with you being correct. All it has to do with is that the information being provided is accurate and it is based in truth. That is what is the most important, not who is correct and who is wrong. It is what is correct and what is wrong. We need to focus on the ideas that are being cultivated in the individual's mind and psyche. And those ideas are where the causality is. The causality lies in the mind. Mind is causality, and the effect is the physical manifestation into reality. And what this comes down to is true education. And true education is about coming out of the darkness of our own illusions into the light of the truth. 
because currently most people are indoctrinated into systematic ignorance and slavery. Why do I say systematic ignorance? Because it is done for means of furthering the agenda of the dark occult ruling class. So it is planned to keep people in a power differential by limiting their ability to critically think and by incentivizing people to be uneducated and to be ignorant. As Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. So the way that I approach people when they are bringing me new information, I always pointed out that if anybody can show me and prove to me that what I am presuming or what I am presenting is wrong, I will gladly change my idea once the evidence has been processed and I have come to that conclusion that I have been wrong about what I was thinking. But this takes the lack of ego identification with one's own ideas. So Aristotle said we must be able to entertain a thought without, or entertain an idea without fully accepting it. And I think that really plays into what I'm talking about here when, it be, when I'm talking about the balance between student and teacher or being in that apex of the bell curve of teachability. Because the most important thing is the acquirement of the truth, the attainment, the knowledge of the truth. So what I seek is the truth because it is the first, it is that which comes first to me. It is only persistence in self-delusion and ignorance which does harm. And like Plato said very wisely, ignorance is the root stem of all forms of evil. And I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I see that cognitive dissonance has become a permeating dis-ease within the minds of men. So sometimes people become so identified with a core belief that it is calcified into their psyche. And when they are presented with evidence that works against or contradicts that belief, the new evidence is disregarded. People mock and ridicule you for presenting such evidence. For that individual, it creates a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable. And since most people fear to be uncomfortable, they would rather live in their comfortable illusions than to actually accept the truth or even entertain the truth. They would rather not do their due diligence into searching for the truth or finding out if they are wrong in favor of them continuously believing that which they have already calcified into their psyche. So to them, it is very important to protect the core belief, and they will rationalize, ignore, even deny anything that doesn't, anything that doesn't fit in with the core belief. I've always said this to people who came to me for guidance. Of course, I will show you 
what I know, and I will point you in the right direction. But I'm not your guru. I'm not your savior. I'm not your saint. I'm not your priest. The true teacher is actually you. It is your higher self. And when you have gained the true higher self reasoning, what I spoke about in the last episode about true reason being the conjunction, the holy wedding between the masculine and the feminine, the intellectual and the intuitive, then you will release yourself from bondage of low base appetites and impulses, and you yourself will become your own priest, your own sage, your own illuminator. This does not mean that you cannot learn from me or from others. It just means that it is because of you and your own internal balance that you are capable of being receptive to that information. You become the conduit for the truth. And that's why it becomes our moral obligation in times of universal deceit to share that knowledge with other people who are in ignorance of that truth or who are in nescience of that truth, those who do not have the capability of the access to that truth. But the vast majority of the society is in ignorance of truth. They are hiding from it now. They are shivering little cowards who would rather live in their comfort zones than to actually face the reality, the dark reality of the situation that we are currently in. Our mission here is to spread the truth as far and as wide as possible. Because the secret of freedom lies in the understanding of the occult workings of our reality. The secret of freedom lies in the understanding of natural law principles and the education of the people to natural law principles. Whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. And trust me, they have done one hell of a job keeping this species ignorant for thousands of years. At this point in our evolution, though, it is only our doing that is perpetuating that condition because the truth is accessible. It is discoverable by pretty much each and every individual on this planet. The reason why we're in this condition is people continue to ignore that which is the most important. It's been said many times, but the truth is belligerent in times of mass deceit. So it is highly likely when you approach people about these topics that you could trigger these individuals and they will become very emotional and lash out towards you. So when it comes to being in the healthy form of teachability, a healthy form of skepticism, but also a healthy form of open-mindedness, 
You should never crucify the messenger of truth. The messenger is simply a conduit for that information. So when it comes to a message of truth, it has nothing to do with who said it or how it was spoken to you. It doesn't matter if it was screamed in your face or passively whispered. All that is truly relevant all that is truly relevant is whether you recognize it as truth or not, and whether the information is actually correct or not. It is your responsibility. It is all of our responsibilities for what we do with the information provided and what we do with what we know to be true. I mean, there are those who would violently and who do violently accost other people because they find the information distasteful or contradictory to their formerly held beliefs. And sometimes they even go out of their way to seek vengeance upon these people who try to help them with their incorrect ideas. This goes back to that out-of-balance ego and their attachment to their false axioms. So they will do anything, no matter how absurd, to defend their, false, their falsely held position. So to be in a healthy form of teachability, we have to have put the ego in check, put the higher self in the throne of one's dominion. You know, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Because the ability to express ideas must be held as highly valuable. We cannot fall into this mind control technique of trying to censor people because we do not want to hear what they have to say, or we do not find their information appeasing to our feelings. Censorship is the pathway to death, and anybody who studies history should know that after censorship, after this type of suppression of the individual's right to express themselves, when they are doing no harm, leads to death. Now, when I say it is your right to actually express yourself, I mean an action that does not cause harm to another sentient being. So, is it your right to express yourself violently? No, it is not. You have the ability to choose that, but it is your it is not your right to do so. So when we think about free will choice, do we have the right to choose any action? No, we do not have that right. We have the ability to choose any action. But you only have the right to choose that which is morally correct that which does not violate another sentient being's rights.
the ruling class do not want a well-educated society. They will do anything to keep, especially the knowledge of the requirements for manifesting freedom from those individuals. And this is why problem solving is so important. This is why the trivium is so important to understand because it allows you to become a free thinker and it frees the bondage of your own mind so that you may be able to understand how you are being manipulated, how you are being controlled. George Orwell once said, the further a society drifts from truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. And here is a quote from some of these dark occultists that are in control of our world. So John D. Rockefeller, who created the General Education Board, the GEB, in 1903, said, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. Just replace that word workers with slaves. Because that's what he's really saying, is that he wants a nation of slaves. And these ideas are carried through history. It's the same old game that has been played on us for thousands of years, like I said earlier. The whole idea of modern education is that it is outcome-based, meaning they don't teach you how to think, they teach you what to think. To be molded into a state-approved human drone that cannot think outside of the prescribed paradigm or consensus. And this is all done so that you do not become a threat to the status quo. So that you do not become a threat to the control system. That we are all entangled in. Getting back on topic here, not that that's not on topic because it is, it's directly related, but back to education and teachability. True education incorporates the knowledge of the occult and does not marginalize the occulted information and its significance to the benefit of the species. There is no true education without studying occulted knowledge, occulted sciences. This encapsulates the knowledge of esotericism also. This is one of the major failures in our education system is that they marginalize the esoteric teachings and the occult sciences, which is kind of funny because a lot of the things that they're teaching besides the blatant lies and indoctrination techniques that they're using are coming from people who were occultist who were esotericist some of the greatest minds that ever existed studied the occult and i would say every great mind actually studies the occult, whether they're conscious of it or not. But that's what they're doing. And that is our task here at the cubbyhole, is to reveal 
or unveil the occulted knowledge. We are de-occultist. What is a de-occultist? A de-occultist is an individual motivated by intense intuitive curiosity and care about the hidden knowledge of the self and the realm in which the self exists and operates in. Just like I was talking about when it comes to problem solving, and you probably will hear me repeat that quite a bit because there is no knowledge of crucial importance that is outside of those two categories. That's outside of the microcosmic and the macrocosmic realms. Observing the world around them and within them, they gain critical and valuable hidden information, then proceed to process that information to come to an accurate understanding of the truth with the great ability to discern quickly and efficiently reality from illusion they work courageously and vigorously to advise assist and support others to awaken to such knowledge through their excellent deductive and contemplation skills they seek to unveil and shine light upon the deceit corruption and lies of our world they leave no stone unturned in their arduous task for the truth. They always are seeking to apply solutions within their capability for real and positive change. They are in complete service to truth and love and will always act as its defenders. The light work is the right work. So a deocultist is pretty much a shaman, one who is a way shower. That's what the word shaman means. It means a way shower. So we are unveiling that which is hidden. We are revealing the secrets or mysteries that have been discovered. And we are seeking to help others to do the same, to initiate them, to give them a boost, to hold them up on our shoulders so that they may see further than we ever did and gain higher aspects of consciousness because it is because it is all about posterity it is all about the growth of the species it is all about manifesting true love at the aggregate level you know people are always worried about everything being destroyed by those who do evil. Personally, I'm more concerned about the people who stand and do nothing, or more like sit and do nothing, in the face of evil. They are complicit in the evil by doing nothing in the face of it. It is each of our moral obligation to actually stand up and speak the truth. By not speaking the truth, if you hold knowledge, that is of critical importance to manifest freedom or to solve issues that are manifesting suffering, then you are complicit in the continuation of that suffering. In the end, it will not be the words of my enemy that are remembered. It will be the silence of my friends who sat back and did nothing in the face of atrocities. A lot of people feel very hopeless when it comes to trying to spread a message of truth. 
But we all have to recognize and become humble in the fact that we are planting seeds of truth within their subconsciousness. And it takes time for that seed to germinate. Depending upon if the individual decides to nurture that seed, will determine the rate in which that seed truth germinates. See, I don't do this because I think I'm going to get to everybody and awaken everybody. Because honestly, it's not about me. And I don't feel like it's a waste of time. Because I know that I'm doing what is right and what is necessary. A lot of people fall into this box of feeling that it's just a waste of effort. And I also have been in that position before. But it's all about what you're choosing to do with the knowledge that you hold. I have chosen to do this from my own goodness, with honor and integrity. Whether or not people decide to use that is up to them. It's not my responsibility for what they do with their knowledge. It is their responsibility for what they do with the knowledge they have attained and hold. I know that if it wasn't for people who were willing to step up to speak to me in a hard way, that I would never have gotten to this level of consciousness. Even if that truth is painful and makes people feel uncomfortable, which is more than likely than not, we still must speak the truth. I would rather hear a painful truth than be given a pleasurable lie. And the truth is that when we recognize the current issues that we're facing as a species, it is very painful, especially to those who have a conscience. So speaking the truth is worth the risk that other people won't listen, or even that other people won't like what you have to say. It comes with the territory. So, you know, I always try to not allow my emotional expectations of what other people are doing with the knowledge to prevent me from speaking the truth. And I feel that it's very important to point out that I also make sure through rigorous research that what I am going to speak is truth before I go and try to convince others or lead them down a path. Because that is my responsibility to do my homework and to make sure that what I'm influencing other people into is that of goodness. See, if I take the other position, I am powerless to create change or to help influence any other people in this world. I think it is a very dark position to think that others are not worthy of truth. It is the very same thing that the dark occultists are doing to us now. This is the old adage of casting pearls before swine, which many light occultists took up, especially in the hermetic tradition. Now, at one point, it was very dangerous to their well-being and to their lives if they were to be caught 
teaching other people the mystery traditions. But currently, we have the ability to spread this information far and wide. Yes, you are at some risk, but nothing like it used to be. So we're getting close to the end. I kind of just want to close off this episode with a little bit more about gauging the veracity of truth. See, most people gauge the veracity of truth based upon how they feel when first hearing it. Now, this is a logical fallacy that leads to unnecessary tension within the body and can lead to conflict between the relayer of that information and the receptor of that information who is receiving. It is not productive for true learning. Yes, it is true that you have a potential to learn later on after you've emotionally cooled down. But if you are looking to learn the most and to enhance your consciousness and build a better self and a better world, then paying attention to such trivialities like how somebody looks, how they dress, how they sound, does not serve us in our goal for finding truth. The most important thing when dealing with the information is the truth, not how it makes you feel. That doesn't devalue your emotion or your experience of your emotion. But it does allow you to understand that some emotions are based off illusions, which is an unnecessary, self-inflicted form of suffering. Normally these are trauma-based responses or defense mechanisms to something that is coming into conflict with a pre-determined idea about what the thing is. Just like I was speaking about earlier when it comes to cognitive dissonance. Um, So I'm going to end with a great quote from Plato. We can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. But that is all the time that we have for today, folks. I'd like to give just one more statement, and that is freedom can never exist in a society of ignorance. Freedom can only exist in a society of knowledge. Without knowledge, men are incapable of learning and knowing their rights, and where knowledge is combined, confined, To a few people, liberty can be neither equal nor universal. Thank you very much for listening to this segment of the Cubbyhole Podcast. Stay tuned for our future episodes and future content. There are some really exciting special guests coming on in the near future. So keep a lookout for that. And... Help us out by sharing this information to your friends and on social media. I mean, the whole species needs to know this stuff, so get it out there. And until next time, see you later.